Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning and welcome to Second Wind. I'm really, really excited about our guest this morning, and I think you're going to be very pleased that you are able to listen as Patty shares with us her great knowledge and helps us move forward in our life. I'm sure you'll walk away with some good information. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. A veteran of the TEDx stage, Patty DiNucci, helps motivate people people's lives work and connect at a higher level so that they can be happier, more successful in business and in life. She is the award-winning author of The Intentional Networker, Attracting Powerful Relationships, Referrals, and Results in Business. This book has become a must-read success guide for people of all ages and in a wide range of industries, including us that are transforming and creating our new lives. So Patty represents, she has presented keynotes to numerous leadership conferences and offers workshops to organizations of all sizes. Now, she grew up in an entrepreneurial family, has worked in marketing, communications, and talent management fields, and has owned her own business since 1989. Oh, she is active in the National Speakers Association on the local and national levels and has won numerous business awards. When she's not working with clients or writing blogs or articles, she loves all things fitness, reading, spending time with family and friends, and avoiding most forms of cooking and housekeeping. A woman after my own heart, right there. <laughs> so welcome, Patty. Thank so you, Joyce. Yeah. How did you get on this path of uh, um, intentional conversations? How did that? Oh, all wow. Go? You know, I think it's it's very true in life that life does not take you on a straight path. You have little pivot points along the way, and. Mm-hmm. My latest pivot occurred when I wrote the book, The Intentional Networker. I think that mm-hmm. was right around the time I met you for the first time. It was. Yes. It was my empty nest project. My son was nearing the end of his high school years, would be going off to college. Um, I think it was around 2008. The economy tanked. Mm-hmm. Things were shifting. Um, I had been talking about writing a book for years. I kept getting the same questions over and over again. How do you network? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you know yes. so many people? How come you're so successful? Yeah. And it was just time to write a book to get it all down. So I, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd have it in, in place 
and it was something to do, and I just, I felt called to it. I mean, I, I know you're a, a woman of faith, and I definitely felt called and compelled mm. to write book, and from there, my life shifted. I started speaking professionally and consulting and attending some of the same training events that you did, mm-hmm. um, which is how we met, and, you know, it's there are just moments that, are pivot points in life and you have a choice to either, you know, kind of be bored and carry on doing the same thing you've always been doing or to step out of that comfort zone and do something interesting, unusual, different, scary. Well, you know, we think of networking and we think that's a business-related activity. You know, if you're building your business, you need to build those people that you know. But it's also mm-hmm. a very personal type of growth. It adds very much so. And helps. Yeah, us I mean, I I don't think you can open a newspaper now without reading some statistic about how being social and having good friendships and relationships. Um, those are the keys to good health, mm-hmm. to getting things done, to longevity, to happiness, to staving off depression. Um, it's, yep. you know, that's one of the things I've learned is it's not just a business thing. It's a personal thing, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I um, just came off of a conference, and it was just amazing the synchronicities of the relationships that I was drawn to. I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were feeding me information or something that I was looking for. And I think that's kind of where the other word that you mentioned in your description, intention comes in. The yes. value of intention. Yeah, there I was I've had many conversations about that just in the last few days. I mean, I'm always having conversations about intention, but <laughs> yesterday I was on another podcast and we talked about there are actually three or four levels of why intention works. And mm-hmm. one of them, it's very spiritual. You're letting God know, you know, you're, you're, you're making a request, you're making a decision, you're making a commitment, you know, sending it out to the universe, to God, to the divine. And I do believe that you know, there's power in that. You're also mm-hmm. setting your own brain, your reticular activating system, which acts as your radar and your filter, so that mm-hmm. when you're suddenly really interested in something, you start seeing it more and more. I'm sure you've had that experience. I'm sure our listeners right. have. Um, you're also, if you're really committed to something and you're setting an intention, making a choice about something, most of the people in your life who really love you are going to help you. Some might sabotage you, but most mm-hmm. will help you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I just think it's just an energetic thing. Like, you know what? I'm just choosing to put energy into it, and I'm showing up, and I'm going to work toward it. It was so funny. My my <laughs> boyfriend got a hole-in-one on Sunday. Mm. And two, two or three weeks ago, we were watching the Masters, and I asked mm-hmm. him, have you ever had a hole-in-one? And he said, no, I never have. And I said, well, you'll get one. <laughs> he texted me with the pictures so as he got one on Sunday, and I just said, you're welcome. <laughs> you put it out there. Oh, now he no, it's your psych. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it's an amazing psych. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I um, I haven't always used intention, and intention is about setting the idea. 
as you mm-hmm. so beautifully described, but it's it's what you want to happen. Yeah. So setting that idea and and yeah. you explain those reasons why. But it's just it's like a little miracle happening. I'm not kidding. It I is. So many people and they were exactly what I was wanting. I wanted now had you had you set intentions before you'd gone to the conference? I did. I'm trying to do that better more, more, mm-hmm. more. And so Yeah, that's that's something that I tell people to do, you know, whether you're going out for coffee or you're mm-hmm. gonna sit down at your desk for the day or you're going on a, a trip or you're going to a conference, take a minute to sit down and write, you know, just write I intend to and just write a bullet list of all the things that you are choosing to do. It's so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Right. Now, you talk about working in your vision. You want to mm-hmm. take a little time to talk about that? Okay. Vision is really where, where a person should begin. Mm-hmm. Um, vision is thinking, of, it's almost thinking in reverse. Like, for example, if I'm... If I'm working on another book, which I am, um, what is my vision for this book? When, when it's complete, what do I want it to look like, feel like? How do I want it to impact people? And actually, that's been my problem right now with writing book number two is my vision isn't really clear, and so all the other things aren't falling into place. Uh-huh. Um, you, you could look at the vision of your life. What would you like people to say about you at your funeral? In mm-hmm. your eulogy, what? Mm-hmm. how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be experienced? What do you want people mm-hmm. to say about you? Um, what are you trying to create? So that's the big picture. Um, you know, and from there, you can start setting intentions. Like, okay, so I want my book to be easy to read. I want it to have stories. I want it, people to read it and go, oh, that was so good. I need to recommend it to my friends. Um, so what are the choices I will will I make that will help make that so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think the issue is, and I was looking back over the notes of what we kind of outlined we would talk about today, and I think what happens is people start with goals. Oh, I'm going to lose 15 yeah. pounds. Oh, right. I'm going to repaint my kitchen. Well, mm-hmm. why are you doing that? What's the, what are the vision and the intentions behind that? That's where the fuel and the power take place. Otherwise, I think we just get really busy doing a lot of little to-do items. Right. But, you know, so many of us came from the background or where did I get the goal thing? It's in success principles, I think, is setting the goal, the importance of setting goal. But it is a good place Mm -hmm. to start. I mean, you're starting in. But the vision is goes beyond it, does it incorporate steps up to the goal and past the goal with emotion? Yeah. Is that the difference? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think vision is bigger. I think mm-hmm. certainly you're right. I mean, as someone who has no clue on where to start, you know, I, I think there's there's beauty in just, you know, just do something. I was reading mm-hmm. a really good book about, there's a really cool book called Water Bears No Scars, and it said, you know, when when you're stuck, just mm-hmm. start doing something. Just get some momentum going. Do you know? Go wash some dishes just to get going. But mm-hmm. I think rather than staying in that place, think bigger and broader, and and decide that you want something more out of life or out of work, as opposed to just getting into the grind. That I think goals can get us. 
I think goals are kind of left-brained. Mm-hmm. And when I'm just mm-hmm. checking off goals, it certainly feels good. Like when I have a list of things to do, and I'm sure you feel this too, <laughs> when there's a list of things to do on my kitchen counter, checking those off feels super good to the point where, I don't know, you probably do this. I, I write down, if I achieved something and it wasn't on the list, I write it down so I can cross it off. <laughs> <laughs> because it just feels good. But then I, I have like to back to see away a long and go, list. <laughs> that's complete. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, my day was worth it. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I grew up, I grew up in the Midwest, and there's, a, you know, this huge thing about, and I grew up in this family where we had an incredible work ethic, and I think our, our rule growing up was mom's coming look busy. <laughs> You know, otherwise she's going to give you something to do. Yeah. But I think when when you start to become a little more self-actualized and you realize life is short, we're only going through this one time, and you kind of want to leave a legacy, you want to have something bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. I think that's where being busy doesn't feel like enough. But, yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a good place to start. When do you think, uh, is this pretty normal? Um I think we don't get that vision nor the the magnitude of our lives. For me, it was later in life. It was like up through my 20s, I was doing what had been patterned for me. You know, mm-hmm. I went to school, I got married, and so yeah. children came next. And so it was kind of like, oh, these are the expected. But it was not like, okay, you're here once, so what are you going to do? It's not like building. Yeah. I, I think I, I had some of that, too, although um, I was telling a friend the other day, you know, that I, I started subscribing to this when I was in high school. I started subscribing mm-hmm. to this because I had my own money. I, was, I had a job. I could buy whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I subscribed to a magazine called Self Magazine, and there was a man, I think he's still alive, Martin Seligman, who was um, mm-hmm. a big writer in the self-help world, a psychologist, all that. And I started reading his articles, and I started saving them because they were so interesting. And I was very driven, and I wanted to be accomplished. I wanted to be happy and successful. And that was sort of the beginning of, you know, really thinking about self-development, professional development. But like you, I also, I went to college, I got married, had a baby, got a career, had a, you know, bought a house, did all the things that were expected of me. And I also think when we're in our 20s, we have so much more energy than (laughs) I have right now. I mean, sometimes I wish I had that energy again. Um, And and you want to be busy and you want to be accomplishing and accumulating and doing. And then I think for me, it was, I think when I first lost a dear friend, um, someone passed away and I thought, wow, life is fragile and life is short. Mm -hmm. And as I got up, I think into my thirties and definitely into my forties, I started to really think bigger, broader, became more spiritual. Mm-hmm. My faith increased. You know, I had gone through more tragedies and things, and I think that's that, um, what do you call that, the the honing, you know, the smoothing of the stone. I mean, a stone doesn't mm. get smooth without some stress applied yeah. to it. Right. Yeah, I think there's definitely wisdom we accumulate. Well, yeah, I mean, my whole direction has changed since my 30s. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. much more invested into my career now. I've gone through a divorce. And and changes like that, as painful as they are, the divorce issue, it's still a growing step. And it has so many rewards. I mean, yeah. 
in and, a dysfunctional. And good for you. Nose. Good for you for seeing it that way because some people go through a divorce or the loss of someone they love mm-hmm. or loss of a job or some other tragedy or disappointment and they they let it define them. They stay in that victim place. They can't mm-hmm. seem to find their way out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm like you. I mean, I I think the the icky things I've been through have helped me grow more than the successes. Successes are great, but I think mm-hmm. we really learned through tragedy and disappointment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Patty, if I had not gone through all that transition, I would never have met you. Now think yes. of it that way. Ditto. Awesome. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if life hadn't changed, I think, you know, for me it was the empty nest. An empty nest for some people is you know, just horrible. I, I had a neighbor that once her kids were gone, she went into a horrible depression mm-hmm. and her husband traveled a lot and wasn't very compassionate towards mm-hmm. her feelings of being let down and disappointment. And she couldn't seem to get through. I felt so sorry for her. And I was determined to not let that happen to me. Yeah. Um, so one of the most important things I think when we go through a transition like that is getting to know who we are, you know, who are we? So that lady had a wonderful opportunity, but, and I understand it's, it's not always easy to see those opportunities, but just to discover who she was. Yeah. And that, you know, there's a clinical side to it too. Um, you know, and, and to care enough about yourself. I mean, that's why, you know, in my book, the intentional networker, people are often surprised when they see that the first chapter is all about what I call your most important connection, which is you. <laughs> I love it. Who are you? What can you do to, to be your, your best self? What do you need to take care of yourself? What do you believe in? What are you all about? Who have you, who have you become through all of your experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, are you introvert? Are you extrovert? Because if you don't know yourself, you, you don't know how to deal with yourself. You don't know what to do for yourself. And you certainly, if you have your own business, you don't, <laughs> you don't know who the boss is. Um, so yeah, self-development seems, and, you know, self-knowledge and self-development seems to be the root of almost any really good program um, yeah. for self-development. Now, do you, do you recommend an, tools to, for that discovery or do you have suggestions for people that are sure. needing that right now? Sure. I remember when I went into business for myself in 1989, I, I actually went to a class on the Myers-Briggs Briggs, yeah. Um, yeah. personality assessment. That was the first one yeah. I, I took since, say, college where they give you aptitude assessments. Uh-huh. And that was really helpful. It was helpful not only to take the test but to also learn from someone who was certified on what that meant for me and how I interacted with people who were different than I am. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning. And I've also taken, I've taken the disc, which is very popular. I've done the Berkman, which is very intensive. Mm -hmm. It's not intense. That's not really a good word. It's, it's, um, it's very thorough. There are Mm -hmm. so many out there. And I think each one tells you something. I think the, the Gallup Strength Finder is the one I have on my desk right now. Some Someone I know gives it, and we've been waiting to connect so that she can go through my results with me. But everything you learn about yourself, even if it's mm-hmm. asking your friends and family, hey, give me five words or phrases that you think 
describe me. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I mean, you'll learn things that really, you think I'm funny <laughs> or really you think I'm <laughs> creative? I guess we can't do ourselves. I, I, you know, talk about Southern sayings and being Southern, you've probably heard the expression, if you, you can't read the label because you're stuck inside the jar. And that's true. <laughs> another friend put it another way and said, uh-huh. you know, we, we come in a box with instructions, but uh-huh. the instructions are written on the outside of the box. So we need someone <laughs> to read the instructions for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> I know. We need help figuring out who we are. I don't, I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, you know, this is so interesting you say this, Joyce, because, you know, I've just, I turned 59 a few weeks ago. And my biggest aha to myself is why has it taken me so long to become myself? Oh, and so yeah. what I would say to your listeners is don't wait as long as I did. Really. Get to know yourself and then be yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right there. That's pretty big. Be it is yourself. Big. Love be yourself. yourself. For who you are. Yes. Yeah. Love yeah. yourself for who you are. And here's the other part that we should add on to it is some people think that, oh, be myself means I can just show up however I want to and I don't have to really, you know, take care of myself. I can just say whatever I want. No, it doesn't really mean that. What it means is I think the best definition is show up in the world as your best self. You know, mm. find out who you are, be mm. who you are, but take the time to show up as your best self, your kindest self, your healthiest self, your mm-hmm. um, most, you know, if you're creative, be creative, be different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, your most loving self. Yeah, well, usually when you're in your... Th- 30s, you're strong enough to allow your uniqueness to appear. And, um, you know, for for all those early years, we didn't want to because it set us apart. It didn't make mm-hmm. us look like all the others. And we were so afraid of rejection that, um, you know, it's very freeing when you think, oh, yeah. my gosh, I can be, but it takes yeah. courage. No, I um I was listening to Wayne a Wayne Dyer recording oh gosh several love years him. ago and I love that guy, <laughs> um, God rest his soul, um, and he said something about who your essence is who you have always been who have you always been regardless of your age, mm-hmm. and I think there are other people who talk about who were you in, when you were in kindergarten or first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, who who were you way back then? Before, you know, and the reason I bring that up is you talk about there's a point in our lives where suddenly we we either have to or we want to conform and fit in. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, everyone's had their own experiences with that. And you're right. In our 30s, I, I feel like we start to have maybe, hopefully, an inkling of um, I'm going to do this a little differently. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to look at my job a little differently. I don't have to work in a job I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, although I think I think some people never get out of the rut of doing what they feel is expected of them mm-hmm. by their parents, by society, by their boss, by their spouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the things in my transition that you know I, I'm. I've been, just finished a book on uh, called Closures. It's on relationships by Lisa. Mm. Um, oh, Lisa, Lisa. Oh, dear. 
coffee. <clears throat> okay. And it's yeah. Down. <clears throat> relationships that we have relationships all the time and they do have a time they end but they don't end the relation doesn't end it like changes it changes forms now it's a memory and not an ongoing relationship and sometimes we always go through those where we, you know we, and then maybe our friendship ends or because yes. we do it or because they they decide but in sometimes feelings can be hurt or we, because we don't understand what's happening but it yeah. gave me such peace to read this she also goes on into the, the divorce issue the about mm-hmm. relationships ending but they don't end they just become memories and they transform yeah. into different type i love yeah. how she talked about that that was so good you know my fa- so that's that's awesome. The fact I was just looking at her website as you were talking, just because like, oh, well, this sounds really interesting. But you're right. I, I think, and I think there are people that come into our lives and go back out, or they come mm-hmm. into our lives, they leave, and then they come back. Which was it was so wonderful to hear from you and go, oh my gosh, there's Joyce again. How wonderful. <laughs> um, but my favorite quote, or one of my favorite quotes, is by Corey Ten Boom, and it says, um, "Every experience God gives us, and every person He puts into our lives." is the perfect preparation for the future that only he can see. And I love that because, you know, have you ever met somebody, like, say, at a conference? Mm -hmm. You meet somebody, you have an amazing conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, you say the obligatory, oh, let's keep in touch, and, Mm -hmm. you know, life goes on, and sometimes sometimes paths don't cross again, but you have that moment with that person. Um, And I also think, you know, with, with, you know, spouses, ex-spouses, family members, friends you knew way back when, Mm -hmm. um, they come into our lives to teach us something. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we would be where we are and become who we are without those experiences, good and bad. Right. Um, Yeah. It was so interesting. I went to my 40th class reunion last summer, and what was so (laughs) cool is we instead of like to party and dance and, you know, do things like we wanted to do when we were younger, it was, we all of us just wanted to talk. And I Uh-oh. ended up talking more to some of the, the classmates that I didn't even know very well in high school because yeah. we just, we weren't in the same classes. We didn't do the same activities. And it was so much fun to get to know some of these people that I had made assumptions about all my yes. life. Like, Oh, that's Steve. He was just always really shy. And mm-hmm. he had this, this, this person had the most amazing career and had been through some amazing experiences. But we had that moment mm-hmm. together. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, I think reunions are fascinating. <laughs> when you go back, yeah. you sometimes go back to see that old love that you had. Or, mm-hmm. as you said, friends that you never did. I mean, they were classmates. And you mm-hmm. never really took the time because so much development happens from oh, well, uh, 40 years, to 40 years. <laughs> or 20 years or even 10, 10 years. But um, yeah. I, I just think it was just an interesting thing to see who people have, had become. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone had been through a lot of stuff one way or the other. I don't think anybody's life had been perfect. Right. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. By the way, I did go back in that. Finally, finally, that old love did appear, did come back. Really? And I. How interesting. It was a blessing that that did not happen. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dodged a bullet, did (laughs) you? Dodged a bullet. (laughs) 
mean, I mean, he's a great mm-hmm. guy, but he's not where I am today. And we're in different yes. areas. So, you know, yes. right to know. But we're going to break now. We'll be back shortly. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are having a wonderful conversation this morning, and it's with Patty DiNucci, and uh, we're talking about relationships, intentions, uh, setting intentions, the vision first, then the intention, and then having those conversations that will change and affect your lives. So we're going to keep going because we've just had such a great time unraveling some of what a vision is, what an intention is. So I'm glad you're back with us. Now, we talked about those. We We even went to the class reunion. But one of the things that happened for me when I was in transition, went through my transition of creating a career after my divorce, I um, sometimes those friends that were kind of peripheral friends just didn't fit me anymore. I needed to connect with people that we had similar interests. So I needed to, those that in new work and I had a lot of friends that didn't work outside of the home and so although I love them dearly and I can share a few light things with them they don't understand they don't get my drift of the mm-hmm. career path you know so ha- share some of your knowledge with us on on the friendships because we all need friendships you know right Make right us who we can. yeah we, we talked earlier about how, you know, having friendships and connections and relationships and all that connections um, actually help us live longer, healthier lives and happier lives, too. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. As your life changes, you know, whether, let's say you, you live in a neighborhood and you had great relationships with your neighbors, you hung around with them, had them over for dinner, and then you move to a new neighborhood or a new city, mm-hmm. that is a, that's, 
you know, friendship through proximity right there can be a complete change. Mm-hmm. Um, or you change careers or you, you know, suddenly your, um, well, like for example, my son is 26 now. He's still single. Some of his friends are getting married. Some of them are having babies. He's seeing changes occurring there and that's, changing his life a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember too, when I went through a divorce, you know, interestingly, we didn't have that many friends who were couples because my ex just, he was around people all day long and he wasn't as social as I was. And mm-hmm. so I had a lot of girlfriends, you know, females mm-hmm. that I would go to book club and I'd go and that was how my life is. Well, now I'm with somebody who is social like I am, loves to cook. We both love wine. Mm-hmm. And we have developed, like we've actually had to make a list of all these great new couple friends that we're making. So <laughs> certainly it's great to have friends that you've had all your life. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful thing, and God bless you if you have them. But you have to be open, I think, to meeting new people mm-hmm. and not being afraid of that. Well, I think the also... You need to give, give yourself permission to leave friendships that don't feed you anymore. Definitely. You know, we all, we don't, we will not always mesh with the same people throughout our lives. Some we right. will, some we will not. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a, that's a great point. Although I always say, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking at a conference and I, I talk about the 80, 20 rule, Mm-hmm. Which is that, you know, you get 80% of, of the results in your business or 80% of the positive energy in your life comes from 20% of the people you know mm-hmm. and who are your 20 percenters. It doesn't mean that the other 80% in your database or on your friendships, Christmas card list, or whatever, it doesn't mean you throw them away. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means you spend less, less time. energy and time yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Like, choose who are the, you know, I would ask your, your listeners. Who are the people in your life right now that make life and work good for you? Make mm-hmm. it positive, but where you walk away and go, it's always good to spend time with that person. Or I love it when that person calls me and we have a nice chat. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who's feeding you right now as opposed to, um, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm reading the book, um, Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And she oh, talks yeah. about people people in your life who are wet blankets, like people who, (laughs) when you're excited about something like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to start painting or I'm going to remodel the house. So I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's ready time to have another baby or I think it's time to retire. And they put a wet blanket on whatever you're, whatever you're excited about. They seem to bring you down Mm. or they make little comments that make you feel, um, less than they make you Mm -hmm. feel small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why spend more time with these people when you don't really have to? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and you know, but giving yourself that freedom to not feel compelled to keep that relationship mm-hmm. if it's not feeding you. I know one of the exercises that Jack used to tell us was to create that list of all of your yeah. friends that you consider your, your good friends that you love to be with. And just Ask yourself, do they feed me? Don't they feed me? And just kind of mm-hmm. make it, you know, plus, minus, plus, minus. And yeah. that helps you understand why yeah. you have those feelings. Yeah, you know? and, and I love that you, you talked about the plus, minus, plus, minus. I actually have a little exercise where I have people keep track in their calendars 
or on, on a list or something like, these are the people I interacted with. Is it a plus? Was it a plus? Was it a minus? Or was it just a zero? Was it just a, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't unpleasant, <laughs> but it didn't really do anything for me. Right. Um, and just who's really making your life good? Mm-hmm. I think we have, we have a right for that. Mm-hmm. We deserve that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Part of the important things that we always hear about is conversational. Conversation. Mm -hmm. Conversation Mm -hmm. in, you know, the married life, conversation with friends. So can you address that a little bit for us? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, That's actually what my second book is about, is about (laughs) conversation. And, And that came about because... Even though, you know, I feel like I did a great job with, in writing The Intentional Networker and I covered a lot of things, mm-hmm. I didn't really cover a lot about how to have better, deeper, more meaningful conversations. And that's part of, you can call it networking, you can call it friendship, you can call it, you know, having romantic relationships that are successful mm-hmm. and have some longevity to them. But yeah. um, I think most of us have those moments where we're with somebody and we don't know what to say or we don't know how to mm-hmm. get a conversation going. Mm -hmm. So one of the huge things that I am learning about that is that it's good to have, certainly it's good to have small talk. That's a great way to break the ice, but to also carry with you mentally or on a notepad or something, piece of paper, um, some conversation deepening questions. And I love that it was Eleanor Roosevelt, I think, who said something um, along the lines of if, if she something along the lines of every child born should be given the gift of asking good questions Mm -hmm. because that's what leads to learning, but it also leads to relationships. So I started looking up questions online and and I saw something in the New York times and it's, it's called the 36 questions for falling in love. And you can look it up. Let's see. I'm on it right now. 36 questions in love.com. These questions supposedly help you weed out, you know, is this person that I could be in love with or not? But I found that the questions were just good conversation questions, Hmm. and that led me to look for more of them. I'll I'll give you an example. I I was at the gym the other day, and a woman I see there all the time, and we all say hi, nod, you know, say hello, nod to each other. But finally (laughs) one day she came up to me and said, so what do you do when you're not here? (laughs) <laughs> and it was a great question. Yeah. Well, I told her what I do, and then I asked her the same question, what do you do? And we discovered she's been a lawyer and has taught the law school. You know, I told her I'm an author and a speaker, and I speak about relationships. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. now we have some common ground mm. to talk about other things. Mm-hmm. And that really broke the ice for us. So mm-hmm. what what brought you here if you're going to a networking event or what, if you're at a party? What brought you here? How do you know the host? Yeah. Um, open it up um, to to something deeper than yeah. just small talk. Right. Well, I do you talk about authenticity in there? No. Yes. Oh I'm, my gosh, I know yeah. you do because it's so big. And I'm listeners. I really want you to go to Patty's YouTube and see her deliver her TEDx conversation. Oh, yeah. You'll see nothing but genuine ease, grace. You'll enjoy it immensely. And it gives you such an idea, such an example of authenticity. That that was one of the harder things I've ever done in my life is that TEDx talk because it was short. 
I had, uh-huh. a, I had a hard stop because we were plugged into a uh, a nationwide TEDx event, and the minute my time was up, uh, what was going on in the national at the national mm-hmm. level was going to pop up on a screen behind me. Um, oh. But going through that exercise is what prompted me to to work on this book, and I'm still mm-hmm. like it's still swirling around in my head. But um, you know, we, we wonder why do we get caught in small talk. What are we afraid of in conversation? I think a lot of us are afraid that the other person is going to talk our ear off, which often happens. Mm-hmm. Um, or we're going to run out of things to say, and that means that we haven't done our own homework, which is go online and look up conversation starting questions. And it's, the answers are all out there. We just have to care enough to look them up. It's a skill. Conversation is a skill. Right. And knowing that there's, it's okay to say, I've enjoyed this conversation, but I need to move on in a very kind way. We never want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's okay to say, let's, let's, I'd like to visit with this man over here, you know, or this woman. Yes, exactly. Or it's okay to shift a conversation. That, that's mm-hmm. another whole section I'm working on. Um, I was at a party, and I was chatting with someone who I know, and I think it was probably around the time, I think it was last fall when there was all the flooding in Houston, and there was a lot of bad news. Oh, there's always mm-hmm. a lot of bad news going on in yeah. the world if you look at the news too much. And mm-hmm. we were talking about something, uh, probably the Houston floods, and he just sort of leaned in very kindly and said, Patty, do you mind if we talk about something else? Mm. And it was actually a relief. Like, thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, we, I knew it, you knew it, but you actually uh-huh. asked for permission. Can we talk about uh-huh. something else? Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I don't know what we started talking about after that, but, um, you know, maybe the wine we were drinking or the music we were going to hear played at this concert uh-huh. thing that we were at. Um, who knows? But sometimes it, requires somebody in the conversation to step up and manage it and say, you know, let's talk about something different or to, or to just sort of throw out a different question that shifts the energy or to even say, <laughs> I've even been in a conversation with two or three people where one person has been talking the whole time and not giving oh, anybody yes. else any time. And yes. one person actually said, you know, Richard, you've been talking for like 10 minutes straight and none of us have had a chance to share what's going on in our lives. So, do you, and, you know, and it was very abrupt and a little blunt for my taste, but uh-huh. it's what that person needed to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was some grace to it, but it was also like, whoa. <laughs> but sometimes you have to just say, you know, um, thanks for all that, but I'd really like yeah. to share something with you. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. We, any of us, if we've been in a group, we, we've encountered that person that just talks about me. Um, yeah. One of the you know. Now, I want him to know where to get your book because it is such a good, um, as it was described, it's almost a must for um, in yeah. many companies to read your book. And, and we were, you know, I don't even think, I think maybe that book came out when we first met. Mm-hmm. So tell my audience where they can go to get your book. Well, you can go on any online retailer like Amazon, mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble, even Powell's <laughs> up in the Portland area. Um, in Austin, Texas, they usually carry copies at Book People. Oh. Um, I don't sell it directly anymore unless I'm speaking because I, that's just 
too much too much right. fussy work and I need to be working on other things. But yeah, you can go to any online retailer and order it. Um, it, it comes in a Kindle version now and there is also a um, Kindle version of a second book that's a follow-up reader that is a curated collection of some of my blogs and it's called um, it's got a blue cover, and it's it's called the Intentional Networker Collection, and oh. so that's a nice uh-huh. follow-up read if you want to download it to your electronic device. Yeah. I haven't gotten around to putting it in print yet, but um, it has become a, a must-read. Like Microsoft had some of their high potential leaders in their research and development group read it, and that was their project for the year, and then they brought me in to speak. <gasps> wow, that's so that awesome. Was, that was like one of those moments where it's like, wow. <laughs> but you're right. I started working on it in 2008, published it in 2011. It's been out for seven years, and it is still going strong. That's awesome. Still going strong. Yeah. Now you have you have really got a really impressive list of organizations that you've worked with, such as Microsoft, Dell, Phillips 66, Hewlett mm-hmm. Packard, Rodan yep. Fields, um, Lone Star. Yeah. PayPal. I mean, the list goes on. Um, yeah, it's been really fun. You know, and I still work with smaller groups. I work with associations. I'm doing a mm-hmm. a workshop with the Texas Association of Counties in May, and we're going to focus on vision and intention and balance in your life, Ooh. like how to be successful. Nice. Um, but yeah. still keep some balance, which is mm-hmm. sort of hard to achieve. I don't know if we mm-hmm. ever really get there, but we can try. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just been a lot of fun. Right. And, and again, the more I am myself, the more I teach in my way, the more I share my version of this topic, because there are a lot of people that cover this topic, um, the more fun I have and the more the more good people I attract to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, how much of your presentation is really beautiful. And how much of that was acquired through your your interest in public spe- speaking? You know, you're part of the yeah. NSR, well, NSA. I guess it's like being an artist. Yeah, I'm a part of National Speakers Association. We actually, mm-hmm. I actually helped found a new chapter here in Austin because the one that was your prior had folded. Mm-hmm. I was president of the chapter a couple of years. But anyway, yes, I learned a lot by being around other speakers. It's like being an artist. Mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you learn the basics, you learn the things that are the must-have skills, and mm-hmm. you build your confidence, and you practice, and then you can break out a little bit and start to discover, like, for example, one of the things I learned, I'm a teacher, I don't feel like I'm a performer, I don't come from a theater background, like right. some of my speaker friends, so mm-hmm. I approach it as, I really want to teach you, but I also bring in a lot of facilitation, a lot of engagement and interaction with the audience. I want them to have discussions with each other. I want to ask them questions and have them ponder the questions and reflect and write down things in their journals, and then Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Um, So I've really accepted that my style is my style, Mm -hmm. and I'm always trying to get better at it, always listening to what's working and what's not. But mm-hmm. it's so much fun to, to be authentic. It's just really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, do you, th- do you think people can gain from listening to the TED Talks? 
Absolutely. Their speaking skills. Oh my gosh. There's, yeah. I, I think what's really fun about TED Talks is that often they don't want professional speakers. They're really looking for, and, and I got into it. I think it says even, I think I even talk about it in my TED Talk is I got that opportunity because I had a conversation with somebody at a party and then went to coffee <laughs> with her. And I didn't know that that was why she wanted to have coffee, oh. but Mine was, I was, you have to be invited. It's, it's one of those Uh things. But anyway, a lot of the people who do TED Talks aren't professional speakers and they want it that way. Mm. And so if you listen to Brene Brown or Mm. I don't know, there's, there's so many good TED Talks out there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know people that that's what they listen to on their way to work every day is they tune into the TED Talk Mm. Talk podcast. Um, Well, for those that don't know, could you give us a brief explanation of a TED, what what they mean by that. Well, TED originally stood for, I believe it's, I think I'm right, Technology, um, Education and Design, I think that's, or Electronics and, I don't know, it it started, I think, in in some of the technology corridors, and it Mm -hmm. was ideas worth sharing, and it was a way for people to speak for up to 18 minutes, and now it's gotten shorter. Now it's more like 12, 13 minutes mm-hmm. to share something that they know for sure um, in a way that is natural to them. And there are a lot of parameters that they give you on how to do it. Um, for me to have to do something in that short of a time and to be very concise mm-hmm. and very, um, very, um, Intentional, I said, again, mm-hmm. it's a great word, was the challenge. It's like, I've got to say everything I want to say in this certain amount of time. There was a whole section that got left out because I looked at the clock and I knew that I had a hard stop and mm-hmm. I had to jump over it and um, sort of keep going and finish on time. But well, I never, great because I short. never felt that. <laughs> I want you to know Thank that. You. <laughs> As part of the listening audience, totally went over my head. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, and and there's things I would have done differently. And, um, you know, I didn't think the lighting was that good, but that's all just little detail-y critical stuff that I think we we, we look at. But it was a great experience. And I think TED Talks have been a wonderful medium for learning and for hearing different points of view and hearing about experiences that people Mm -hmm. have had. Um, It's a great, it's a great and a very useful way to spend time. Like when you're washing the dishes, put on a TED Talk. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, your website is uh, uh, www.intentionalnetworker.com. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. just say be careful when you're typing in intentional because sometimes your spell check will want to make it international. And that's not, you know, that's a oh. different thing. Intentionalnetworker.com. Mm-hmm. And if I may say that, my my blog is there. If you sign up for my blog, you will you if everything's working properly, you should receive some free documents that are helpful on as mm-hmm. far as some networking tips, a free mm-hmm. chapter of my book. Mm. If that's cool. not happening, I hope someone will tell me because we've had a few little glitches. Mm-hmm. Technology is just kind of a pain in the rear end. Fun, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's always something <laughs> happening. Some link gets broken and you know everything falls apart. Yeah. I freak out when I get those messages. 
I'm such a techie. Person. I know. <laughs> I know. And then and then WordPress makes updates. It's like, no, please don't make any more updates. This is messing with all my 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 precision connections. Now you do yeah. do one on one coaching. Right. I do. I do one-on-one coaching. If people want to contact you for that or for speaking or for any other um, uh, connection, uh, do they go to your website? I think the best way to do it is to email me directly. And it's patty, P-A-T-T-I, at intentionalnetworker.com. Okay. And, you know, I, it goes straight to me. I don't have a full-time assistant. I, I like to interact with people directly. And if you have a question or want to set up some time or want to just inquire on how my coaching works, how I do it, what our options are, that's fine. I do group coaching. I do workshops. I do all kinds of things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love to explore with a potential client, you know, what do you really want and how can – my expertise and my style mesh with what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just been, you know, so interesting to chat and reconnect with you to, um, um, I'm certainly going to go back into my internet intentional networker book that I have and sort of refresh myself with the great wisdom that's in that. So I want my listeners to make a beeline for their computer and order their book so that they can also get the benefits of this book. And, And, you know, yeah, and one of the things I did with this book is I made it so you could read it front to back and feel like you've taken a course, but it's also Mm. a book you can leave it by by your coffee maker or on your bedside and just pop it open anywhere and see Mm. what comes out of the pages at you and what, like, oh, here's a new tip. I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. So I tried to make it a, a field guide, something you can refer to over and over again. Yeah. Now, now, when do we expect, when can we expect, I want to put a little pressure here. When can we expect, <laughs> <laughs> don't feel pressed, uh, the conversation? Because we're needing conversations, oh, Patty. I know. Everyone says they really want it. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I really can't answer that. I was working on it really Intensely, but I realized I was um, not, uh, the vision wasn't clear. So what I would yes. like everyone to put out there for me, everyone's mm-hmm. first for me is help Patty find the right format, the right vision, the right angle mm-hmm. so that I can just feel so clear on what I'm doing. I don't mm-hmm. feel clear yet. Mm-hmm. There's something that needs to happen. I don't know what it is, but I know I'll, I'll know it when I experience it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's a good feeling when you get to that spot. You do. You kind of have this fuzziness. You kind of go, I'm I'm, done about this. It's not not clear yet. No, but I I know it's coming. Hey, it could have been this interview that that changes everything. I may get off the phone (laughs) and realize, oh, I know exactly what I want to do. Look, she told me how. She showed (laughs) me how, not told you, but showed you the need for it. Showed me. Yeah, yes, I know that's what you do best. Yeah, yes, we want people to. There are people out there that need to know how to make conversation. Yeah, move yeah. themselves forward. Yeah. So, well, you know, I always this is the part the the time I always hate to see the conversation must end because it's been such a learning experience for me, a refresher, and I loved getting into contact with you again always a pleasure and I 
Um, just love um, what you're doing. It's just touching you. so many lives. Yeah. Thank you, and and thank you to you for for doing what you do because this, these these recordings and interviews and conversations mean a lot to people, and that there's a lot to be said for the value there. So thank you. Well, you're so welcome. I love doing it. So that's the perk of doing something that you really love. Is that it's fun. Absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. It's great fun. Yes. Great fun. So thank you, Patty. We will You're uh, welcome, Joyce. look forward to the next time. <laughs> All right. For sure. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Now, as we come to a close today, I want you to do as Patty shared with us. Set an intention for today. It's not too late or for tomorrow, whatever. Set your intention, see your vision, and go for it. Whatever comes down through your your load, your brain load, that's what you need to be doing or deliberately putting steps on your to-do list. It will make a difference. It will bring people into your lives that you will be amazed they knew that they needed to contact with you. And that's how we want to make life go. Easy. So thank you for being with us today. I love you. I want you to have the best day. And so it is. Thank you for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and 